Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rulerish Podcast. I'm Jack Hussey, Ted Trunk, Clueless Cunt, whatever you want to call me. Uh, I'm joined is that by... a new persona of yours? Yeah, it is. It's one of my uh, potato egg account things that I tweet celebrities foul abuse from. Um, uh, is it a play on the, uh, the famous Intelligent Club? Uh, no, it wasn't. But that's see, because that's there you go. Case in point, I'm I'm not one. That voice you can hear there, if he needs any introduction, is of course Raj Baines. You right? You right this week, mate? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Yeah, uh, just uh, waiting to see if this Tory plan to open the country up is going to work or not. But we'll we'll uh, we'll we'll live and learn and, and see how it goes. Uh, fingers crossed. It's the first time in my life I've ever thought, you know. I actually want these fuckers to pull off what they've, <laughs> they've suggested. I have zero faith in them being able to do so, but uh, we'll see. People get annoyed when we talk about politics, don't they? But that, that's that's genuinely what's at the forefront of my mind, given we've been locked up for a year. But yeah, we'll see. I've got to say that the thought of now being a 35-year-old man, really, being in a nightclub, sends a shiver down my spine at the best of times. But Yeah, but I might just do it just for fucking shits oh, and giggles now. I was going to say, mate, even more like the opposite now. Honestly, I was actually envisaging myself in a nightclub now, thinking about people. Like, the fact that for the past year, I haven't even, like, walked side by side someone on a pavement. Like, yeah, literally, yeah, like, walked out walk into in street, a road. Yeah. Now thinking about someone's sweat dripping all over me and, like, somebody who's been on the fucking Eckies or something just there being like, oh, mate, I do. I do. do you know what? I love my fucking mum and dad. Do you, do you ever get that moment when you think, I fucking love my mum and dad? And I'm sat there, like, nursing a fucking beer, like, having an anxiety attack. But... Yeah, there you go. That's that's the sort of shit that's going through my head at the moment. But are you going to be all right, like going back to footy and stuff? Uh, you know, sixty-one thousand people in the ground and score, and everyone's jumping about. And I'll, I'll build it up in my head, as in like, because thinking about when you put it to me now in the cold light of day, I'm like, oh god, I don't know. Actually, it's a bit dodgy. But do you know what? Like, when if it actually came down to it, I'd just be like, ah, oh, just. Yeah, I'll, I, uh, what I'll know is that I'll thumb myself in. I'll be, <laughs> I'll be like, Joe. I'll, I'll have a pint, and I'll, I'll, I'll yeah, look. I know I might look a bit silly, but I'll, I'll wear a mask in the stands or something like that. Look, it's the new reality. I'll do it. I know what will happen though is I'll fucking end up not in the oh he says does I not drink way, but what <laughs> I, what will happen is you'll go. 
and I'll have like fucking four or five pints before a match. The mask will be left on a pub table somewhere, and it'll just be like, you know, being back in the ground. It'll be like, fucking kill him. Second we score, like, arms around someone. And then then someone will fucking sneeze around you and have like an existential crisis. Oh my God, what have I done? Yeah, that moment of clarity, especially when, when, when you get over the the apex of the of the drunkness. Do you know what yeah. I mean? You're suddenly yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. hang on, I'm surrounded by all these people. Fuck. Everyone, like, loads of these people probably have COVID and, yeah, Jesus. Right. I think it's going to be like, um, I think we're genuinely going to be obscene as people when we get, like, let back out. Like, I just <laughs> Last days of Rome, sort of. Yeah, just, people shagging in the street. And, orgy. Like, just, people just wanking. Yeah, just... just Lack of hygiene everywhere. Just people just don't know how to behave around each other anymore. Squatting and shitting in like cinemas and stuff. Yeah. They don't. What? I don't want to miss any of what's going on on the screen. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Just, yeah, it's mental. I just uh, crazy. I, I just that sort of anticipation and sort of. Do you know what's happening twenty four hours after that proposed date, that twenty first of June date? Uh, no. England have got a game at 8pm the next night in the Euros. (laughs) Fill the parks up, fill the pubs up, lads, we're back at. Sharing a key, passing it around, fucking hell, it's going to be, it's going to be absolute chaos. Um, And there's a part of me that, you know, welcomes it after what we've been through, but yeah, I'm in a similar position of going, oh, that's, uh, it's it's very strange. Selfishly with a man in, with a man with a wedding booked for July, and the stag do booked for the end of May. That's both having had been rearranged. I'm hoping that we we manage to tick both of those off with uh, without a hiccup this time around. But the rest of it might <laughs> might need to wait a little while until we're all jabbed up and people are dying in huge numbers every single day. Where are you going on your stag, Cleethorpes or <laughs> <laughs> proper we're proper old school? We're, we're going bread, mate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, um, Berlin is the idea, but um, we'll, we'll see if the Germans let us in. Yeah, yeah, that'll be a good laugh. Eh? Techno yeah. party, yeah. Yeah, well, we're not because we're not the typical sort of turn up and sing the ten German bombers and all that sort of thing. It'll actually, be all right. You go for um, the BDSM scene more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just not try God. kink shame you or anything. G- but... Gimp masks twenty four seven. Yeah, <laughs> that's what we're gonna be doing. Where can we party, guys? <laughs> <laughs> it's not guys. It's not girls. It's just energy. Yeah, <laughs> everyone just in a party. Yeah, but uh... I'll, I'll come back having like. <laughs> Just waddling and not <laughs> having given up on the institution of marriage. Oh dear. Right. <laughs> can, can you tell we're trying not to talk about the West Ham game? Anything. <laughs> uh. Oh, fucking hell, man. I'm just imagining you in like <laughs> f- full biker leathers and everything. No, but you know, if I would with a man in my body, I'd look like fucking Matt Lucas in Little Britain. <laughs> The little hat, like, with, like, your best man leading you on a chain. Yeah. <laughs> like, like <laughs> fucking pool ball in your mouth. They're like, he's not allowed to talk, he's the groom. <laughs> 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 oh, 
Oh, mate, I wouldn't fancy doing the dares in that scene, I tell you. No. Oh, fuck. And that's, that's the least sort of... That's obviously what I'm not looking forward to either, because I'm, I'm one of those people that I love the joke until I'm the joke. Like, oh, but, uh, oh yeah. dear. Yeah. Like I say, anything after this shit, mate, fucking tell yeah. me for all. It's a fucking full-on eyes wide shut party. <laughs> like... Yeah. like Jesus. And then what'll be chasing you, you'll be like the Tom Cruise, you know, when the fucking the shadows are following him. Yeah. That'll just be your conscience following you ahead of the wedding of the stag. It's bad enough, like, you know, when you come home from, like, when you've had a, a few with the boys and you've had, a, a like, a, a lad's function and then your missus asks you, how was it or what happened? And you're kind of like, oh, not for discussing, just we had a laugh, it was fun. Everyone, everyone, a good time was had by all. This time when she comes back and sees the horror in my eyes... Uh, Roger, why, 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 why are you shaking over there? Why, why won't you sit next to me on the sofa? Why are you keeping such a distance from me? Why have you been for your eighth shower today? Just, I don't want to talk about it. Why do you have all those paddle marks on your bum? <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's discuss this. Yeah. Uh, speaking of being paddled, yeah. Um, I mean, again, my you know my fiery hot take. It just. Just felt a bit like the better team won again. Like it well, just... it did, but they were only the better team for about forty six minutes, and then I don't understand why can't you start the game how you fucking ended it because you were brilliant. It's weird, isn't it? Is it's almost like, do you know what it? It sort of feels like the players are in that kind of sort of childish thing where they're in a bit of a mood. And they're sort of saying to Mourinho, well, all right then, we'll play it the way you want to play it. Not, maybe it's not even a Mourinho thing, I'm just saying that. Like, maybe they're just in a bit of a mood in general. And they're sort of starting off in that surly way of being like, okay, well, we'll just do this. And then they suddenly like get to the second half and they're like, oh, we're fucking better than this lot though, aren't we? Go on, let's just do it, let's take it seriously. Like... It's almost like the thing you posted with the, you know, on Twitter with the when Gareth Bale comes on, it's the, <laughs> the sitting forward when you're playing FIFA kind of thing when you've not been taking it seriously. Mm. But uh, like you say, they were the better team for forty minutes, and you can't help but think that Big Daddy Gareth is back because well, they ain't even that good. That's the thing. Before we get into Gareth, because that's a, that's sort of the that's sort of why I'm not fuming right now. Um. Well, I, think, I, I kind of think that they go into these games with almost like, right, let's give ourselves the foundation of a good defence. Let's uh, kind of suck them in and then we'll let them on the break. We'll do this and then that. I worked early in the season. But the defence has, has regressed to that point now where if you're trying to use that as your basis for any kind of result, it's going to blow up in your face. Like, we invited them on. We sat back. We sort of going, all right, you have the ball. We'll, we'll do this to you. And they tried to do the same back to us and... They're just better at that than us because their defence is better than ours at present. And that was the difference for the first half is that if we tried to go forward, they were defensively sound enough to deal with it because it wasn't our priority. When they came and fucking attacked us, our defence is, is shite. It's not good enough. Mm. And and they got joy because we're awful at the back. Um, so it's, yeah. It's, the- they, they just need to change their... Their outlook and their intention—they need to—they need to be a defend. Uh, an attack is the best form of defense team. They need to be on the front foot. And if and if teams and if we're slightly more open because of it, and Mourinho's uncomfortable about that, then fine. But 
inviting people on to us clearly isn't working either, geezer. So you're gonna have to fucking try something else. Because doing this repeatedly and expecting whatever combination of four defenders is back there to to put in a performance, ain't working. The the goalkeeper's clearly got no confidence in people who's in front of him, and his his performances have suffered as a result. The lads who are back there are being rotated and swapped around with such sort of regularity that no partnerships and no sort of you know comfort is forming, and it is. Just letting us out, letting us down. It's like watching nineties Tottenham now, where you're like, "Oh, we're really good going forward. We've got a few exciting players in there, but you know, we've got a, a really soft touch at the back, and it's just fucking, uh, it's, it's maddening, it's maddening." Yeah, I mean, this is this is kind of what I find really bizarre about it. In in the respect of right, we know. So I think in an ideal world, in terms of like their age and just, I guess, their sort of skill set in theory together. Dyer and Sanchez, you can see why that probably is the partnership. I mean, okay, Alderweireld, but he's on, you know, he is the older statesman. And it's Dyer and Sanchez is the partnership, if we've not got money to spend, that you want to nurture and turn into our centre-back pairing for the next however many years. But, you know, we already know that they're kind of... they're. They're prone to errors, both of them on an individual basis. But I don't even think that these two are as bad as they currently look. But they they're just kind of constantly thrust into this position where they are two of the kind of sketchier players in the team. Two of the players that are probably, I would say, quite clearly confidence players as well. Mm-hmm. And they're constantly being thrust into this position whereby they are the most integral, important part of his system and are constantly under the microscope. So not only do they have the pressure anyway of being like, right, I need to kind of get my act together. I mean, I'm approaching my peak years. I I I am a good player. I know I can be a good player. I just need to iron out. That's what that tip I listened to in bed last night before I went to sleep. What, yeah. <laughs> and, and I need to iron out these kind of deficiencies in my game, but I think I can get it if I just know, okay, yep, yeah, I'm going to be talked about in the press again. I'm going to be the one that's going to be scrutinised. I'm the kind of key position in this system that the manager wants to keep on deploying so he can continue to throw me under the bus. And I've got to say, like, after this game, this was the most over Mourinhoism I think we've seen in his tenure. And, you know, I think we've both, to a degree, defended him and defended kind of, can he coach this group of players, can't he? I I still think... It's more, it's less defending him and it's more sort of, Anyone out there who's sort of going, oh, if we sack him now and it doesn't matter yeah, who we bring in, exactly. like we're, we're immediately overnight going to be amazing. It's bullshit. Like, yeah, and, it, and we, the, we, we, the performances might pick up because somebody just changes the focus of the team and the lads are like, oh, we can express ourselves a bit more, and that might be the case short term, but that's papering over cracks. That isn't immediately yeah. going to make this squad fit for purpose. Right. There's still that kind of there's still that conscious denial as to quite how many of these players were being equally as awful under Pochettino and not yep. even in the dying days of Pochettino throughout A his reign ago. as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, and probably contributed to said mm. dying days of Pochettino. So of it, well, they're, they're it's finding because, that balance, right? 
Yeah, well, Pochettino was for at least what a year, year and a half, openly saying he wanted to get rid of most of them. So yeah. it does make anyway. it makes sense that they all kind of kind of went, oh, this guy doesn't rate us anymore, and he's still here, and he doesn't look happy as, as happy as and, he used to be. And and if we'd seen, if there's anybody that can coach shit players into being good players, it was Pochettino. So, yeah, to a, a fucking incredible scale. It's an interesting point you make about Sanchez and Dyer as well, because as you were saying, I was kind of thinking. Can you imagine being one of the two of them, sort of not as confident as, as perhaps other people are, and, and perhaps needing like a neighbour figure there to hold their hand through a game? Only when the shit hit the fan, they look over the shoulder at their centre back partner, and they're thinking, "Oh fuck, he he, he looks he looks scared more scared than I do." Yeah. Sort of, you know, like no, Vietnam you kick War, it, no, you get it. Yeah, sort of like, oh, sh- should we put our head above the parapet now? No, 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 no. Like, let's stay here. Let's 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 wave the flag. Like, it's not going to help, is it? If the bloke next to you is more shit scared than you are, like. It's, mm. It don't make any sense, and and Toby's sort of throws in one good performance in about four now, um, and he's not that doesn't mean the rest of them are shit. It just means he looks old. He does, um, doesn't he? You and it's, it's sort of time seems to have caught up with him a lot quicker than it seems to like seems to do for others, and, and that makes sense because he's he's played almost every game for years under Pochettino, who's asking a lot of his defenders like. There's a reason why Jan has gone to an easier league and looks like a Rolls Royce again because one, he's got over his concussion problems. Two, he's playing at an easier pace and his body's thanking him for it. Like Moussa Dembele was the most honest in that and like he seemed like an untouchable man and mentality, but he kind of just went, look, my body doesn't do it anymore. I need to go. I want to go pick up a wage packet in China and, and look after myself so I can maybe play football with my kids one day and we are running these lads into the ground now. And, and you know, the other thing is they, they've had not had a large pre-season. They've not had a massive break or rest. I think Alderweireld's still playing for Belgium and all that sort of stuff. And they're just, the, 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 the miles that are being put on their clock, it's huge. And I think that a lot of players are going to have, because of these, you know, shortened seasons and increased workloads and stuff, are going to have shortened careers because of it. If you look at someone like Wayne Rooney, who's like mm. and managing now, it's only because he, he came onto the scene as young as he was and he didn't really have that like long-term tail end of his career that some well, do. I, I guess even to, to a degree, you look at someone like Christian Eriksen that's been playing football since he's 16 as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Well, when people are saying, oh, he's, he's whatever, he doesn't give a shit anymore, he doesn't... Maybe he's just a bit spent, you know. He is in his later twenties, and he started his career early, and he he was playing a lot of football from a very early age as well. Yep. So and being like a key figure in those Ajax sides, and, and for Denmark as well, yeah. and for Spurs, really. Yep. So it's it's one of those where like it's almost as if these lads and and this, for the vast majority of them, there's obviously some outliers. They have a certain amount of miles on their clock that they can go through. And once they've hit that number, then it's hard to keep it going at the same clip because you know bodies and machines at the end of the day, and we're not we're not built to do all that as much as they like some can. It's it's we're expecting too much, and and yeah, we, we kind of do need to. And this happens more in American sports and sort of basketball specifically. Is what I'm thinking of is sometimes they'll just they'll, they'll try a project for a few seasons and they'll go, this ain't working. So rather than like do one or two, what we'll do is we'll get rid of fucking everyone and we'll start again. <laughs> we'll literally, I think they call it blowing it up. They blow up the project. They go, here's our best players. You go play elsewhere because 
while you're still here, we've got the danger of winning some games. And that's not our priority right now. Our priority right now is getting some good young players in, perhaps getting one or two pieces that can make us better in a year or two. And we kind of need to, you know, rebuild what we've got. And you can't do that exactly in football because you can't write off seasons you do in American sports because there's no threat of relegation and your your TV money and that's going to be the same regardless of, of what you're doing. But we kind of need a version of that. Like if we just blow up the defence and buy an entirely new back four then and and fucking reserves, then I'd I'd be game for that. It's it sounds ridiculous, but it it is kind of getting to that point, isn't it? And just before people start pulling out, I'm sort of yeah. I'm between the two of us when we text and stuff. Just on that point, sorry to jump. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. So I'm usually like the patient one. Like you, you'll text me like ten minutes into a game and you go, <laughs> "I never want Davinson Sanchez to play for Tottenham again." <laughs> and I'll be like, "Oh, Jack, like give him a chance. He's he's young. Is this is that? He like it." He's shown potentially he can be really good, like all that sort of stuff. And I'll be the one who's trying to, you know, be the into young and sort of. I'm at the point now where I'm like, look, he could be brilliant, but it's not happening for him here. So just let him go be brilliant elsewhere. Like if it comes bites us back in the ass, like it'll bite us back in the ass. But I've, I think I've got to the point of majority, maturity now where like, if he goes to somewhere. And then in five years, he ends up at Barcelona or Real Madrid and is the best centre-back in the world. I think I'd just be pleased for him. Like, oh, I saw you at West Ham shaking like a shitting dog because fucking Jared Bowen was running at you. The fact you're at Real Madrid now being the best centre-back in the world. Fair fucks, lad. Like, well done. I just. I don't think there's any fear of that, though, mate, so don't worry. Well, we'll see. <laughs> like, stranger things have happened. True. That's true. Look at fucking... What's his name? Dicker that played for Bayern that used to play for Arsenal that shot oh, all over Nabry. in the seven two. Yeah, exactly. So it went to West Brom alone and people didn't rate him. Yeah, God, that was some foresight, wasn't it? Um, but Jose Mourinho, where where are you with him now, mate? Um, I think I'm where I've always been with him. Like I. <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day. Really, is I'm, it not changed at all now? Well, like, here's the thing. Like, I'm, I, this is the the trade off I'm willing to make on this. Is I actually think he could shit as a Europa League, and I've been alive 28, going on 29 years now, and if we shit ourselves a Europa League, that is by definition not like emotionally, but just by definition of how sports work the most successful Tottenham season in my lifetime. Most of our lifetimes, right? Yeah, and we kind of... I think we need to just... Until all the cups are out of his... Like, he's fucked all the cups off and we're shit in the league. Then we have the basis to which you go, look, you come in here saying you can win stuff and you sort of... You give it the big one and you call yourself the best coach in the world and you make all these documentaries and you don't fuck all. Here's your severance pay... Enjoy your next job. Um, until that point, I'm I'm not as ready to push the button on it because you kind of have to give him enough rope to hang himself with. And what I'm conscious of is, if you get rid of him too early, you give him the opportunity to go, oh, well, I wasn't given the time. I needed to do this. Uh, we were still in Europa League and all that sort of bollocks. I'm like, no. Have you crack at everything you can have a crack at? Maybe, you know, fucking, well... Birmingham City against Arsenal in the League Cup final and pick up one of those and fuck knows I, I'm not too proud to to, to want that um, but it's, I, it's I obviously actually, not a long term thing yeah. like, I, I, w- think I he... weirdly think City's 
long run is quite good for us in that respect. Possibly. Possibly. But it's it's one of those where like I'm just kind of I'm kind of at the point where look we knew and we've been saying and none of us who had a brain had an expectation for this to be a long-term thing. This was the boundary shag to end old boundary shags mm. and I tweeted it the other week with Mourinho it only ends one way and it doesn't matter how you get there what he wins en route and, and have you it's going to end in a fucking soap opera and whether we not we get there in a month or, or three that's where we get to so I've kind of made my peace with that so I'm not at a rush really to get there because like I say I kind of see the point that he's making in terms of there being other factors in, in the decline of the club and People have been bringing up, and it's you know brilliant hindsight's twenty twenty. But they've all been quoting him when he came into the team, and he's like, "Oh, this squad is amazing! It's brilliant! I can't wait to to work with this talent. I wanted to buy him, and it was one of the most talented squads in the league. And now he's sort of he's bought, he spent money, and you know the, we're saying the squad's not good enough and stuff. But what was he supposed to say when he came in? Yeah. Oh, these lads are all shit. These they've cost the last manager their job. We're going, and, oh, what uh, Mourinho's uh, uh, back. Yeah, and I do also feel, right, I mean, I think anybody who, I, I would, yeah, I would say anybody who doesn't feel, at least in part, that more could have been taken from, essentially, at the end of the, the Pochettino era, there was that feeling that there was a big, emotionally drained, physically spent squad that had just suffered that heartbreak, that Champions League final, not just losing the Champions League final, the manner in which it happened, the way in which we got there, the the kind of the high of Ajax to then just immediately be rubbed out by that handball in the opening seconds. For 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 that feeling that we didn't really get the proper closure. It wasn't it wasn't playing a Champions League final and getting dicked 3-0 by Messi in a Barcelona, you, you know, a Messi-led Barcelona in a Champions League final. It would have been, don't get me wrong, that would have been horrible, but it's it's almost easier to reconcile than the kind of strange what-if that followed that Champions League final. And just the Pochettino project, all of it, the stadium move, the playing at Wembley, the, the, the kind of the emotional level that obviously the whole squad had to be taken to, there, there was a large feeling that it, it wasn't that Pochettino had done anything wrong, but it was just that that whole cycle had run its course, that Pochettino, on a personal basis, needed a break, and that the players needed a break from him. You know, let, let's also not forget that there were a lot of leaks, whether it was the press, the club briefing the press, or whether it was individual players. There were leaks coming out at the time that a lot of his ideas were now struggling to translate to the senior players. People were talking about him falling out with Jan, with Toby, with this type of thing. That There was this feeling that just everything needed a bit of a, a refresher. And so the idea that somebody like Mourinho would come in and just rejuvenate, as opposed to, like we're talking about now at the top end of this pod, having the blow up, like blowing it up, that the club might... Because this is the thing, people have been scathing of Levy, and I, I will happily be scathing of Levy when I feel it's necessary. But, yeah, people are doing this, oh, they just wanted to go with the cheaper option, which was to just get in Mourinho, 
buy him a oh, couple fucking of cheaper options. Yeah, exactly. Well, but buy him a couple of players in the bargain basement. So yeah, we're talking like Hoybier and Doughty for the figures that were yeah. mentioned, as opposed to giving Pochettino two hundred mil to start again, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. This cheaper option of let's see what's there and. I think we all, to a degree, felt that there might be more life in this squad than there clearly is. So, you know, and I think probably, like you're saying, to his credit, like, obviously Mourinho is a salesman. We know that. His his biggest commodity is himself and his personality and the cult that follows him, the circus that follows him. But with that also probably comes a, a confidence that has kept somebody like Harry Kane at the club when Pochettino's gone that might be the point that if we were to have brought in at that point whoever how Graham Potter somebody like that where somebody like Kane has probably thought you know what lads I'm done as well you've got rid of Poch this is my time to go yeah well we'd said this at the time that he was he was the only appointment we could have made post Pochettino there wasn't there is no chance you can sell to anybody, fan base or squad, another project straight off the back of that journey that we've been on with Pochettino. It just wasn't going to work, especially mid-season. If we were going to do that sort of a thing, it would have had to have been a, a Poch needs a year off. He's going to go in the summer. He's going to have his sabbatical and turn up where he turns up. Uh, we're bringing in so-and-so in the summer to, to sort of take over for a minute. So. It's a mutual agreement. It's sort of, we've got time to digest it sort of a thing and do it that way where it seems like a managed process mm. where we've just randomly got sacked him and then on the documentary, like the lads are going, oh, he didn't even know it was going to fucking happen sort of a thing. Like there's no optics other than you bring in the bloke who has in the modern day won about as much as or if not more than anyone else has the profile to re-engage people and the personality to, to sit down with these people and make them think that, he can take them, you know, up another level. And for some of them, it has worked. Kane's gone up, you, you know, one of the best versions of Harry Kane we've ever seen. Work for Son, obviously they're struggling at the minute, but it hasn't, you know, it's not, it's no, by no accident that the papers have been going, oh, one of the most uh, vocal and, and sort of loyal to the manager is Harry Kane still. Like, it'll be, as long as he's winning football matches, like, that's all the kid wants. He, he's not, too asked about the rest of it. I don't think I'm not too. I'm not sure he's, he's sort of bothered about how it comes about. He just wants to win. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's just one of those where we've I, we've said before, yeah. like where where the why we can't do what we were planning to do and stuff, and and all the reasons for that around it. Like we, there's only so many times you can repeat the many many factors in what is kind of on top of bad decisions and bad bets and stuff holding us back it's just it's a a perfect storm as always to kind of leave Tottenham as far up shit's creek as possible I do, I do think I'm I'm getting to the point not I think I like I know I'm getting to the point where now like we talk about the sort of confluence of factors at play I think what I'm starting to reconcile now is that I don't think there's anybody really that comes in and fixes this. I'm not looking for somebody to to fix it, to suddenly rekindle everything and get us challenging for the league again. Because I think there's a there's 
there's too much of an air of certainty that it's it's either Mourinho or it's whoever that will come in a, a more project-based manager that can rebuild us and get us back on the way to being a title challenger. But with that, we always know what's going to come is the point that we hit. Well, not necessarily, but in an ideal sense, there's going to come that point that we hit with Pochettino where, and we all complained about it at the time, that we hit that same point that Liverpool hit when they just had to bust a nut on Virgil van Dijk, Alisson, Naby Keita, although that one hasn't really worked out, and a few other signings of a high, say, ticket bracket, should we say, and Spurs aren't often famed for doing that. So, you know, it, it, I'm not suggesting that we're going to get somebody that's going to come in and fix us and win as a title, win as a Champions League, because I think, as we made on the last pod, the point that probably needs emphasising is that really does a disservice to quite how special Pochettino was to get that close, to be to be Icarus, if you like, to come that close mm-hmm. to the sun and feel what we feel now is because... We came so close to the promised land that we probably or may not ever come close to again because we're we're Tottenham. <laughs> like you know, we sometimes lose sight of that. And yep. you know, you, you've said that plenty of times on the pod, and it is something that I think we sometimes need to remember. And it's not this small club banter club mentality. It's just it's just the way of the world. We are competing against clubs like. Manchester City who have literally endless money and we don't and Arsenal don't and that look where us we can have a good fucking laugh at Arsenal and everything and yeah great Arsenal have more money than us they just were badly run I reserve the right to continue but even even, but just look at Liverpool now Liverpool yeah they've they've dropped money but at the end of the day, there is still always a limit to that. And Liverpool have hit that. Liverpool have spent the money on Virgil van Dijk. They got the success. Great. But now they're tailing off because they can't, they cannot afford to compete. They just, they, like, you cannot maintain that level forever in a and playing field. And by rights, they should, they should probably have won in this run two or three titles. But because of City, there was one season where did yeah. Liverpool get like 98 points. Yeah, exactly. They lost once. They lost one game. Like, Mm -hmm. we talk about the 16-17 season where we got, I think we ended on 86 points, which would have won us the title most seasons. And we ran into that Conte-Chelsea side that was, before the Centurions, one of the most unbelievable Premier League times. That was fucking unlucky for us. But then, was it unlucky or was it just that we were playing against a side that was backed by the mineral wealth of a nation? Like you, like this is this is the thing that we need to really realize. But anyway, to the to the point of Mourinho, it it is just already to me. It's already feeling like end of days. And really, I'm not. Ultimately, I'm not enjoying. It. I'm not watch. I don't like. I get it. I get what Mourinho was there. I I understand what he was brought in to do. But now that we can see that the squad is not fit for purpose. We probably won't, as a result of COVID, have the funds to make the squad anywhere close to fit for purpose for him. 
it just seems to me now hiding to nothing like like we're talking about and and as I, as I have done in the past is you judge him on results because he's a results based manager so if we're going to sa- that, that's not us that's not us no. putting that on him that's no. that's it, his whole shtick exactly and if we're going to if we're going to sacrifice the Tottenham way the pretty football because it's never done us anything before to win games great but if we're not even fucking winning games then to me it's just like against well, fucking West Ham as yeah. well, man. If there's not a if there's not a a, a bigger death knell than being shitter no. than West Ham, you know. Even though they're having the greatest season in the history of exactly, and they've clubs. got a couple of good players. I get it. Suchek, Rice, fucking that's that's an unbelievable midfield. At least as we're seeing in in practice until at the one moment. of them gets bought and they shit again. Yeah, like, you know. Uh, but at the same time, we we. We're better than them. We just are, We're you know? Comfortably. And I just think now, for, for me with Mourinho, it's like, it's it's not that I think sacking him is going to solve it and it's going to make the Pochettino days come back and we're going to go on and win the Champions League under Nagelsmann or something. No, I don't. No. What? But what I want is to just... Is to, number one, enjoy watching football week in, week out again and not just have kind of turgid football that I don't enjoy without the the actual enjoyment of winning games at the end of it. And, and the frustration is as well with the turgid football is that seems to be an option because like we keep saying, they're really fucking good that second half. Why don't you just start the game like yeah. that? And just to kind of, even <laughs> mate, like, you know, even if it was fucking, I don't know, it, we'll, we'll go into this more in the second half, but if it is somebody like a fucking a Graham Potter or a Hassan Huttel or whatever, like somebody where there's at least a project where they're incorporating youth team players more and you can see a plan for development and something that is building forwards. There's, there's momentum that's at least leading somewhere, something to believe in. Even if we know that there's, it's a hiding to nothing. Like, at least there's at least there's hope, but with Mourinho, it's it, it, the only. It's not even that it's hope. Mourinho is the end game manager, and the end game is ultimately. I think we've already seen it that our squad is not good enough. Mourinho was brought in to. I mean, let's not bullshit. Like, if Mourinho wins as a league cup, it's good, but it's still a failure. Mourinho, in my opinion, was brought in to win Tottenham the league. That that that's what it was with the hope that he could. Oh, Europa League. Yeah, at least. At, but that's what I mean. At least the Europa League. Yeah. At least getting us into the top four. Like to me, I think the top four was expected this year. Like fully yeah. expected. Yeah, definitely. But really, I think Mourinho's come in and said, "I can win you the league. I can win you the league." And mm-hmm. we were believing that for a while around November. Like. It looked and like his, we could his, do his it. track record, you know, actually suggests that he can do that sort of yeah. thing. But I just think now we're seeing squad's not fit for purpose. He ain't the man to rebuild it. He ain't the man to, you know, put an arm around Dav Sanchez, around Eric Dyer, and do it like this, the whiplash, not my tempo style of shit. It just ain't going to work. <laughs> it, it isn't. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... And so for me, I'm just I'm I'm getting, yeah. Joseph. Because I I unlike you, mate. I don't 
think we can win the Europa League. I I, I see us running into Leicester, yeah. someone like that, and getting our asses handed to us. So, what what we are going to do is we an uncharacteristic because we are usually this. We're just going to fucking talk shit for ages and not edit it. Podcast. We are actually going to do some editing today because we're recording in the morning. We're going to do our work calls and all that stuff, and we're going to come back in the second half and talk about potential managers and the pros and cons of said managers to take just over. Just before we go, though, before I ruin the second half by talking about Mourinho again, I just want to make the point that it has been annoying, even though we know what's going on with the club and we sort of the manager and all that sort of shit is. A lot of people online seem to be taking some glee in how shit we are and, you know, immediately jumping on Mourinho's neck and sort of suggesting that he's the be-all and end-all of the issues at the club because it, you know, fits in with their preconceived notions and agendas. And it, I think it's just such a dick move and such a weird way to act as if, like, just because you said it were going to be shit and stuff, like, you've almost wished it upon the club and your own team for it to be shit. I just don't agree with, and like, kind of see, and it's not one or two people. There's large swathes of them. I kind of think that one thing that the next manager kind of has to do, in a similar way that Pochettino had to push Sherwood, is reunite a fan base who are who are very fractured and have completely different ideas again. Because Mourinho is a divisive manager, and sort of, I kind of feel like people like us who aren't. Defending him and I, I, we, you know, our Twitter accounts aren't fucking Mourinho King or one or whatever. Like we're being painted as if we're licking his ass when all we're kind of doing is trying to look at a three hundred and sixty degree view of what's going on at the club rather than going, "Not this is guy's a cunt." He's as soon as he's gone, it's all flower and roses. The club's fixed. Everyone's going to be happy. You know, back to you know, swing you know, fucking flowers and shit. And it's just sort of. That, I just wanted to get that off my chest. In Are the, you saying people. that we're the centrist stars in this equation? Uh, yeah, we're, we're the Keir Starmers. Yeah, we're the, the, <laughs> the plain ham, orange juice and ready salt of crisp meal deal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just wanted to say that, yeah, if, you, if you've been doing that, then you're, you're a wally and you need to give your head a wobble. There you go. See you in part two. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Um, I hope you've enjoyed the ad break as much as we did. Um, so we're going to talk now. We've, we've spoken about Mourinho, potentially, you know, is he in, is he out? But it feels like now there's an overwhelming narrative that the club are starting to consider life after Mourinho. It's a bit he of a... is now the uh, bookies' favourite to go next. So that's uh, they, they do know a thing or two about that kind of... Uh, kind of I mean, it doesn't come as a massive surprise to me. I know people have liked to run with this idea that Daniel Levy's just a kind of schoolgirl or schoolboy in love with their first crush and they're letting it get away with themselves and uh, you know at the end of the day give the man some credit I know not everyone likes him but he's he's a you know he's a businessman he 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 isn't gonna let his emotion ride this one out he knows it's not good at the moment we know the club are very sensitive to well, and just keep an eye on what the fans are saying online and what the narrative is. And the narrative at the moment is that Mourinho's a busted flush and the results aren't really doing much to say otherwise. Um, so... Going along that tangent, if he is a bit of a, you know, the reason he's hired Mourinho and keeping him there is to stroke his ego, what bigger ego stroke is there than to sack the man? Like, ultimately, sort of dick him down. Like, there's a... Hiring him is one thing and working with him, but then being able to bin him off is the the power rush uh, that he might crave if you if you're a subscriber to that um, way of thinking. Personally, well, there we go. But we can talk about now some of the options, some of the some of the names that have been bandied around, bandied around the shop. Um, let's start on. Uh, Let's start on Julian Nagelsmann because he is he is eight to one currently on the on the betting website. I'm oh, is he? Perusing. He that that makes him favourite. Okay, well he seems to be the one that's got the strongest link so far. And as I said to you last night on WhatsApp, I'd I'd been giving kind of future bosses a bit of thought. And bef- before we talk about this, I do I just want to refresh your memory on the first half in terms of like my expectation now is that. I want Spurs to just be fun again. I don't think that anybody is going to come in and necessarily win us the league or bring the Pochettino times back. But most of my conversation here is the hope that we can build to a point where we can at least be in a position to help ourselves, but also inevitably get the luck that a team like Tottenham will need to go that extra mile that we couldn't under Pochettino and to win the top honours or at least you know to to even hit what Pochettino did um so if we start on Nagelsmann my sort of I'll, I'll tell you where I am with him I mean he is obviously like he's the most I think we can say probably the most exciting appointment out there, at least with the most buzz around him, the new era. If we're talking about the era of Mbappe, Haaland on the pitch, Nagelsmann is really, he's that off the pitch. He's the new Mourinho, the new Pep, the 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 kind of the, the next chosen one. He's young, he's dynamic, he's seen as 
progressive. Um, he's obviously doing a good thing with RB Leipzig at the moment. Yeps, he's got a lot of money at his disposal, but still, we saw firsthand ourselves. They play nice football. He's coached many of those players into being good players as well as spending money. So yeah. there's a reason why he's he is being picked up. I mean, one of the things I've heard flagged about it is that you know it's going to be a sideways or even a downward step for him now. That to me is just it's kind of it's number one. It's opposition fans beating Spurs and it's Spurs fans who are down on Spurs, either for the banter narrative or not. To me, I think cutting between all that, me an intellectual, it's uh, <laughs> it's that sort of stuff is bollocks. We're a bigger club than Leipzig. They might have a lot of money, but we're still a bigger club. We're, a, we're not fucking owned by a drinks brand. No, and we, we play for a fetishise the Bundesliga all you want, crack on. But the fact remains, the Premier League is a much bigger league than the Bundesliga. In a commercial sense, in a brand sense, in a worldwide optic sense, if you want to make your name, and if you want to have that kind of step up to a Barca Real, maybe he'll get that. Maybe he will get that from Leipzig. But I still think that we are a bigger proving ground. Unless he's waiting for Bayern. But, you know, I don't know. Um, so I don't think that's an issue. I think he'd relish the chance to to come to Spurs. the the big The big concern around Nagelsmann for me um, is that we've kind of seen this story before with AVB going from Porto to Chelsea in the oft lauded mercurial young manager didn't really have a playing career. They can either be a Mourinho or they can be an AVB, and they can go into a club where. You do have a lot of big personalities. You are thinking about people like a Harry Kane, a Hugo Lloris, who are almost, well, Lloris definitely, but Harry Kane, senior players who are kind of his peers, being told what to do and having the, I guess, the authority ultimately that you need to have as a manager to tell these people what to do, who maybe in the back of their head are like, Fuck off, nerd. You've not been there. Uh, I'm not saying that's that's a definite red flag. It can work. You can build a cooperative working partnership with these players. Maybe that is where football goes. We've said already, Mourinho's whiplash approach doesn't work. So maybe the new approach is more of a, of a genuine, like, peer-to-peer type relationship where, you know, I'll handle this shit off the pitch. You handle the shit on the pitch. And we'll work together as opposed to the old school hierarchy of you work for the gaffer. Maybe that's where football's going. So I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I think he had a quote recently in a in a piece pre Liverpool uh, where he was discussing how he sort of uh, player managers and and it, it was actually quite nice. It made it sound like more of a holistic approach where you know each individual requires sort of managing in a different way. He wants to have one-on-one individual relationships with his players and sort of it'd be more than just football, speaking to them one-on-one and, and doing things away from the training ground and stuff like that. So it, it sounds, just because he's a younger man, he's probably more progressive and in, in, in the way he thinks um, and, and more likely to be personable with, with players of a younger generation than, than older men are. And that's not a really a fault, it's just the, the natural way of the world. Yeah. People closer in age are able to relate and, and, and form relationships easier than, than others are. 
Yeah, and I think so. And I, I, you know, I, uh, I've had managers who are younger than me, and I've gotten on fine with them, like in, in a in a genuine level, like because I've seen it more in terms of like we do have a cooperative kind of working relationship, and we can speak to each other more on the level. And I don't personally respond that well to people telling me what to do but at the yep. same time I'm not an elite tier footballer so I it, there's only so far that comparison can go um, no but it, there, there is a comparison to make they are human beings at the end of the day it's only, it only holds so much water that they're footballers to us in in their own world this is their office job this is their yeah. nine to five so it's you know the way they behave in that in that sort of arena is the same as we would behave in our our offices. And I just it's kind of more the world we've been brought up in, right? Because I know that like when my dad's generation, like when I sort of mentioned to my dad about work or whatever, he's always just a bit more like just do what they tell you to do, son. Do you know what I mean? Just Pick like up your just wage. yeah, just go home. You know. Have a nice evening with Charlotte. Just forget about it. Leave it at the door. And I'm like, yeah, but. Dad, that's not that's not that's not the dream your new labour lot sold me. All right, yep. <laughs> you know. Well, so. I've had a very sim- my my dad's younger than yours, but I had a very similar conversation with him once, where I was I was in a job where I wasn't particularly enjoying myself, and uh, he said to me, um, "You just you find your enjoyment from other places," and I was like, "Yeah, but I'm spending so much of my fucking life being miserable doing that shit." Then. Um, I understand what you're trying to say in terms of reorder your priorities and where you're trying to gain your enjoyment in life from. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those where I think it is just um, a completely different mindset and, and outlook on life between the two. So I think that's naturally more more inclined for the younger, more progressive man in this day and age. Yeah. So, and uh, I mean, there is in terms of like aside for us being a downwards or sideways step, whatever. But Nagelsmann probably will be thinking though, hang on, Kuman, will Barca stick with the Barca old boys or is there maybe a chance there for me or I think that's the without wanting to downplay us too much, I think that he almost needs a job in between that job because exactly. he's already been no, no, that's, that's kinda how I feel. And, and uh, without calling as a stepping stone, we are the next the next logical point on his C V. Uh, before he goes elsewhere, and he's young enough now that he can afford to do four or five years at a Spurs, um, prove that he's got the the ability to manage somewhere like that, and he, and he shouldn't be in any rush, given his age and anything, and he knows how quickly this sort of thing goes and comes and what have you, so he should be looking to, he's got time on his side, he can build his career with, with some sort of purpose and, and, uh, and time on his side. So I think we could, I mean, I, you know, if if I was pushed into saying, I would say he would probably be my my favorite candidate. But I mean, no shit, Sherlock, right? Yeah, he's he's the he's the candidate that ticks all of the boxes. In that, players should be enthused by that appointment. He has the type of profile that makes it seem like a progressive move for the club. It has the long-term project vibes around it that, that give the club some sense of joined-up thinking, at least externally. Um, he should be happy with the appointment. Uh, the fan base should be able to sort of join up and think about it. And he's not the type of bloke that will alienate too many people off the bat. I don't think too many will 
will have preconceived notions about him and in and wanting to hate him or love him from day one. I think we'll just all be like similar to when Poch came in. To be honest, from Southampton, I think we've both admitted previously we were both kind of skeptical about that because he's yeah. you know, didn't really speak English out of outside of the training ground. weren't too sure about you know whether or not his playing style was going to translate, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then he um, yeah, he did what he did. He did indeed. Um, so one of the 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 next kind of floated names is. Should I tell you who's next on the? Uh, should we go down and tell you? We don't have to talk about these all at length, but um, just in the interest of doing it in order, go on tell you who's uh, next in line in terms of the bookies. I'd guess Brendan Rodgers. No, ten to one is Rafa Benitez. I guess if it's a caretaker role, that makes sense. Not a yeah, long term thing. If it's. No, I'd, yeah, I'd fuck that. If it's give it Rafa to the end of the season, I get that. But in terms of if we're talking about getting Rafa Benitez in on a three-year contract, I think I'd just turn off for three years. Yep. You know? Yeah. There's there's nothing inspiring about that. There, there just isn't. There's nothing. Don't get me wrong. He's a solid appointment. I've got a lot of respect for the bloke, what he's achieved. But look, it's... Go back to on. Newcastle. Yeah. <laughs> just not interested. He'd probably do well, but I'd just be... I won't be excited about it. No. And I'm ready to be excited about Tottenham again. No. He's done it. It's just... No. 12-1, to 1, Steven Gerrard. Oh, fuck off. Where are you getting these from? Is it genuinely... This is Skybet's uh, manager special for the next permanent Tottenham manager. Well, it's just Tim Sherwood, isn't it? Yeah. All right, fuck we've, off. We've... Not He's done a very good job at Rangers. We can't can't knock him for that. He's obviously uh you know finding his footing, but yeah, it's uh, not happening. No. And the fact that Brendan went from winning everything possibly he could ever win at Celtic at every given opportunity and then went to Leicester should tell you that Rangers to Tottenham is uh, is too big of a leap. Let him have his emotional return to Liverpool and that blow up in his face at some point. Uh, 14 to 1, Diego Simeone. Interesting. Oh, kind of like, that's a bit of a curveball, that. Wanting to redo the potch years with somebody slightly more aggressive, but I can't see him leaving a flatty. And uh, they're about to win the league and shit, so... You, yeah. you know in Friends, when Rachel gets with Russ? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, there we go. That would sort of be Diego Simeone for me. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's slightly more aggy, and he's 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 less likely to um, to to bring the sort of attacking side of it that we'd want. Obviously, um, he'd give us the passion and you know the cojones and everything that we we so desperately miss. But uh, he's not a he's not potch one of one sort of thing. He's uh, he's slightly spikier than that. There'd be enough there to excite me. Don't get me wrong. Like, oh, I, yeah. it would be. I, 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 it's when you presented it in this option of like, oh, you can pick anyone. I wouldn't pick him, but if we got that, I'd be like, all right, yeah, I can fucking get behind. I, I this. couldn't see it happening. I don't think it's realistic. No, no, not at all. But I think he's been approached by um, more attractive propositions and said no to them at better times in his career. So I don't, I can't see him jumping ship on what he's currently got for us right now. Uh, Fourteen to one as well is Hasselhuttle. Right, I mean, the guy. Look, I, I like him. I think he's a decent manager, but 
Well, he's, he's not our level. Nine mate. nil twice. Yeah. He like, just he just isn't our level. Like yeah. I'm, I'm I'm sure he's he's good, but on like I think he could get there. I think he has the potential to be a really good manager and manage at that level. But he needs to manage at a club that isn't Southampton first. Man, my 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 biggest thing on him is he might look sound, act like Klopp. It doesn't mean he's Klopp. Like I actually prefer him as a person to Klopp. Yeah, maybe in a way, but like I just I do think he gets a lot of Klopp gloss in terms of the way he's perceived. And yeah. like we said, yeah, the guy's masterminded back to back nine nil defeats. I don't I could see him I could see him know. going to a Dortmund or a Leipzig or something like that and doing a good job there. Not Dortmund, probably more Leipzig now, and doing a decent job there and then coming into contention for that type of job after he's done well there, but he, he just needs to manage at that level. We, we or, can't... or equally doing a Wagner, you know, how he sort of went to Schalke and just didn't really Schalke's work out. Schalke's an absolute shit show, yeah. yeah. And, yeah, Wagner's going to have to rebuild his career in the Championship now or something like that, so it's, you know, then gambles do not pay off. Right, 16 to 1, here's your favourite, Jack, uh, Brendan Rodgers. Right, so I, I, I have to, I have to tell you exactly where I am on a you know I wear my heart on my sleeve I can't hide it I utterly detest the bloke I think he's a a fucking weird little man he has Mm -hmm. a portrait of himself in his living room I think he I just I don't like his energy I don't here's the thing Jack yeah I think let me finish this thought entirely I'm going to give you two thoughts here that exist within my head in tandem I think Brendan Rodgers is the best footballing appointment for Tottenham Hotspur right now. I also think Brendan Rodgers is a massive cunt. Well, this, yeah, this is exactly what I was going to get onto. But if I shelve that, for me, I can't shelve it. I can't get past it. I genuinely. No, no, I'm not saying I would. But, but what <laughs> I'm saying is, if I shelve that, what I'm saying is, is that, and talking about my personal disdain for him aside. It to me is Redknapp 2.0. It, I think he's better than that. Maybe, but I just think thematically it it wouldn't be all bad. We'd have fun. We'd play good football. But I think with Rodgers, I I always think there's a glass ceiling to it. Like I think we saw it with Leicester last year. When his teams get, we saw it with Liverpool in the past. We saw it with Leicester last year. His teams get knackered, and it, they just seem to come up short. I mean, I've I've heard people say he's he's a great tactician. I don't really buy it. I I think a lot of what he does is he inspires teams somehow or another. I don't know how, but he does. He builds envelopes, Jack. What he does is he puts names in envelopes. <laughs> Tells Raheem Sterling he's going to send him back. Like yeah. uh, he uh, he he builds high energy teams. They press well. Again, I you know. I, whether we got the personnel to actually do what he'd want, I'm not sure of. That's another concern. He has, he has benefited hugely from Leicester's infrastructure of having such a good recruitment department and everything in place already. That that side of what he's done there cannot be attributed to him. He's been given an amazing set of tools and a really settled club yeah. to come into there. And, and it's just a perfect a, and opportunity just a playing, playing yeah. squad that, like is suited to what he wants which is a lot of young energetic players that and, can uh, yeah he's not he's not likely to get that that same sort of thing at Spurs. I, th- I think it's i think he's a falling out with daniel levy waiting to happen i think he's 
alienating the squad waiting to happen because they're going to think he's a fucking weirdo as well. Um, and yeah, he, he kind of, he wants to be a Mourinho. So to go from Mourinho to a wannabe is not, is not great. I, I also, I don't know. I just think that like, I think going for us is a, I genuinely think, I don't think any club bigger than us ever comes in for him. I don't, I don't like, I think he, people are saying, oh, he's doing this good stuff with, you know, with Leicester. It'll be a matter of, but like who, who, like who, what city? No, they're never going to appoint Brendan Rodgers. What Real or Barca? No, like it's not going to happen. So who like realistically miles, maybe Manchester United, perhaps, but, you know, I, I just Ch- he's got history at Chelsea. I think he was. He does. Quite, yeah, fair. I think if Tuchel wasn't available like day one, then um, he may have yeah. he may have been further into that. I tell you, what, speaking of fucking weirdos, I'm I think we dodged a fucking bullet on that one, mate. He's well, a... I sent you a few. Scr- if you, if you want to find out how many people think Thomas Tuchel's weird, go read his Wikipedia because it's clearly been written by somebody who thinks he's an oddball, like his personal info on it like doesn't even mention the fact he's got a wife it just says he <laughs> likes Tottenham because of the name he doesn't drink and uh, he's a bad vegetarian that he, he seems like a freak and I think the like the the closing line of his like opening statement of his Wikipedia is uh he's well known for falling out with people at clubs yeah. but yeah he's, he's he's a strange bloke but Brendan Rodgers we won't be hiring him no no but Brendan Rodgers I think anyway He's he's spent the past couple of years building this Leicester project. I just don't think the timelines match up. I think. I'd, oh, he'd, he, yeah. he would he would jump ship and fuck oh, us off I'd, the second he dumped his wife and kids for a younger model. He's leaving Leicester the second he gets a sniff at somebody I, else. I, I don't know, mate. I think at the, at the moment, all I'm saying is at the I don't think in terms of because he has a real affinity or a, like emotional attachment to Leicester. I just mean it in the cold hard fact sense of. He's just come in. He's built, yeah, as I think anyone would do. You've spent the last few years working on something. They actually look really quite decent at the moment. I don't really see, it doesn't really make sense that you just fuck them off and start again now at Tottenham. Like, I don't know. You offer him enough money and you give him a chance to live in London and all that sort maybe. of shit. I think yeah. he'd uh, do it. Yeah. But, you know, I, but, I hope we don't offer him the job. No, I don't want him anywhere near the club. Anyway. Uh, at 16s again is Gareth Southgate. And, oh uh, fuck off! No, yeah, that, that's your Redknapp appointment. Like, no, that's just... that's bland as fuck. Well, I mean, I, Redknapp, I don't think was bland, really. Like, he no, was... but I'm, I'm calling Gareth Southgate bland. I'm just oh, okay, right, yeah, no, but I'm, no, I don't want him. Don't want him anywhere near the. Car. Yeah, he's not going to make me excited. That like, Gareth is. Yeah, love keep it... the lights on. Like, not, it... not turn the lights off. Socks on. I mean, it worked with England because he's worked with all the players and all that type of thing, but we're sort of starting to see that magic fade now as well. So Yeah, and I it's just... completely different doing international football than fucking... Exactly. Football. No, no. Not like the best managers in the world are in international football. No, want him nowhere near the club. Nothing. No, yeah. Um, I'm, maybe have him in one day as just like a, a visit because he seems like a nice bloke. Like, I've got no problem with him. I just don't want him managing the club long term. Uh, also at 16s is Luis Enrique. He's, speaking of international managers, he's probably one of the better international managers. I mean, that feels a bit 90s, noughties Tottenham, doesn't it? 
You know yeah, what I mean that kind of Christian Gross or whatever. Maybe not Jacques Santini. Yeah, just that kind of random. But it was brilliant at Barcelona. It is very yeah. random. Is it? Well, that's it. It's very random and it's a kind of curveball, isn't it? Where you're like, I mean, I wouldn't be. It's it's sort of. It's not the same, but it's similar to the Simeone feeling in that, like, I wouldn't pick him out, but if he came in, I would be like, all right, yeah, let's, let's see, see what. what yeah, exactly. Let's see what happens here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is one where you're just going to say fuck off. We're not. We, we won't even uh, sort of discuss this one at length. But at twenty to one is Frank Lampard. Uh, if you're a Tottenham fan, fan, sorry, putting a fiver on Frank Lampard at twenty to one, like what's going on? Like, if you've got a fiver to burn, I'll give you my bank account and you can just forward it me. Just now, nah, that's that's let's start Phoenix. He's flight. dog shit. Yeah, like he's dog shit and he's Frank Lampard. Just yeah. no, it's it's you know it's it's worse than bringing in George Graham. You know, like back then. Oh mate, you no. were, I'll, I'll, let me skip it. Uh, no, actually, I'll, I'll 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 save these two for you. Um, twenty to one also is Marcello Bielsa. Uh, I don't think it's happening. The bottom, the, no, the man's no, like. No. In the middle but come of the on, imagine, but also imagine Daniel Levy and Bielsa they have yeah, one yeah. fucking meeting and decide it's not. Come on, like, not. Yeah, Bielsa's walking out after the week. Not happening. Yeah. Um, also, can you imagine our defense trying to play Bielsa football? <laughs> Fuck me, Jesus. Uh, we'd li- he'd literally be playing Hjorberg at, at centre half and stuff like that rather than uh, playing any other defense. Yeah, we we thought Chadley as a defensive midfielder was bad. Like that's a real. But the thing is, be a real hold my beer from the mad fuck would make it work somehow. He's got a League One squad here and he's he's doing really well. So um, yeah, but we we've had the we've had the Bielsa experience already with Pochettino. We don't we don't need to then get the even madder version. It's almost like we've we were coke addicts and we're like this isn't hitting the way it used to. Chuck is the heroin. Um, but yeah Uh, also at 20 to 1 is Nuno Espirito Santo which uh, does not fill me with any sort of excitement no not at all I I know he kind of got uh, he sort of falls into a similar sort of bracket as Hassan Hussle for me in terms of like he did yeah Wolves looked pretty decent last year does has anybody realised how boring Wolves are to watch and he's not the thing is as well he's uh, I get it, like they've sold a couple of their good players, but still at that level with that type of club, you've got to roll with those punches. And to me, he just hasn't. Like Wolves have dropped off. They don't look decent at all this year. He seems really moody, really surly. You know, and I guess probably there's a few parallels between what happened with Pochettino at the tail end of his time with Southampton. So maybe I am not extending him the sort of leniency I should. But... I just, I, I'm just not that sold on Wolves. Haven't been, don't, I just don't really get the Nuno thing. It's not for me, you know? No, no. I uh, I don't think that's a, a goer either. Uh, we're getting towards the end of the list now. We've only got like five or six left and we're probably just going to say no to all these anyway. But um, there might be one or two we can have a conversation about. Uh, next one, 25 to 1, is Dean Smith. He's doing an alright job at Villa, to be fair to him, but uh, no. that's his boyhood club, and I don't yeah, think he's leaving. No. no, no. Just, no. Yeah, and they were really shit last season as well. Yeah. Uh, 25 to 1, Graham Potter. That's probably my favourite outside there. Yeah, mate. Right, okay, so I think I think it's a huge step up. I think it's too soon for him, right? Mm. But 
this the there is something about him that I do actually like I really I I like watching Brighton. I like the mm-hmm. way they play football and I just I think with him there is this weird kind of like self-assurance that isn't cockiness and it isn't arrogance. He just kind of believes in what he does and I think it translates onto the pitch and I the there is something about him that I like. I would be interested to see him get a Villa or an Everton. Jo- I mean, I can't really say Everton at the moment because they're probably better than us. But yeah. do you know what I mean? Like that time, of, like the bracket just historically just below Tottenham. I would be interested to see him get that type of job because um, yeah. I do like him. I, 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 there is something about him I like. You know? Yeah, he's good. He's good. He, I mean that that Brighton team isn't getting the results it should for the footballer players. I mean, last night they absolutely spanked Crystal Palace and lost the match. So he sounds like a perfect Tottenham manager saying that, but yeah. Um, yeah. It's just, uh, and it, the other thing is it, if we do bring him in, then that is the cheap appointment. That is the, see what you can do with the youth team sort of a, a, an appointment. And it's, it's the one where I would worry most about, is Son extending? Well, exactly. Is Kane extending? Exactly. Does Delhi want to stay for this? This this isn't what Hoybier signed up for. This isn't what you know. Everyone starts looking at each other, going, "Are we? Uh, we've gone from Mourinho to Graham Potter here. Like, what's what's crack?" Uh, but yeah, if we if if shit did it, the fun and that was the uh, emergency appointment. Then yeah, I'd 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 uh, I'd be happy with it in those circumstances, but. Sorry, I'm not sure what it says about the uh, the ambition of the club. Anyway, uh, 33 to one, David Moyes. No, no. Just, I mean, fair play to what he's doing with West Ham, but you know, we've seen what happened at Man United, and it'd be the same thing again, right? Like, you know, you just know, like the reason we want to change managers is because we're bored. Yeah, like. Who's inspiring any confidence there? Uh, also at thirty three to one is Scott Parker, and I'm like, eh, no. Exactly, I, w- I wouldn't mind him as a number two or something like that. But I wouldn't mind know. him if he wanted to manage our kids again. But he fucked them up and went to Fulham. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, he's he's just no. He, he's not been great there either. So I'm um, yeah no. Also thirty three to one is Wayne Rooney. <laughs> yeah. No, God no. Weirdly, Allegri's not even in this list. I was going to say, like, because to me, I would think he, if if we're talking about, so what I've seen this morning is that apparently Mourinho has been told he has four games, four that, games that's now. Never like whoever. I know, I know, but still, but do you know what I mean? If we if we're playing by this narrative, if we're to pull the trigger before the end of the season, no, I'll give it Ledley till the end of the season. Yeah, I'd love it. Um, oh, mate, did you see I tweeted that? Like, number one, right, the sort of responses to it are like, you're taking this a bit too seriously. The give it till the end of the season is a popular meme for anybody yeah. listening. So, you know, it's said somewhat tongue-in-cheek. Fucking give your head a wobble, right, if you're actually actively digging out Ledley King, like, in defence of Jose Mourinho or in defence of what? 
Like, <laughs> we're going to win something. Like, And also this, this weird thing that's come, he's our defensive coach. And look... Number one, he's actually not the defensive coach. So it's not American football. What the fuck are you on about? Yeah, and also what? So what you want to say Davinson Sanchez and Eric Dyer are bad, or Ledley King is bad, or what? Like just just shut up. It's Ledley King. Put some respect on the bloke's name. Like fuck off. You know, that's that's all I've got to say about that one. But yeah. Just no, not just I'm not having it. I'm not having people dig out Ledley. Not at all. Um, but Allegri, yeah, I mean, blokes want it all. It's not particularly inspiring, but as we sort of said a few weeks ago, I wouldn't. It would be a bit, just a bit more of the same with Mourinho, wouldn't it? Kind of just another roll of the dice. Maybe he's a less divisive figure, but ultimately, surely he's going to come. Do we know in. it works outside of Italy? Uh, isn't he just going to come in and be like, well, I need some defenders? And these are the guys I want, and they're going to cost fifty mil each, and we're going to say no. But here's all the old 35 year old Italian. Yeah, here's here's a guy that you can have for eighteen mil, and yeah, like you say, he's not quite as good, or he's old, and it just it, like I think we know where that one goes, right? Yep. So, but it's not to say Allegri's back. I think Allegri Allegri's the sort of manager that. Goes to Chelsea and wins the league. That's kind of you know because he's given and it's there for eighteen months to two years. And exactly, you know, that's that's what it is. And we're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not poised to be that club yet. Like no. until we got a lot, of, lot of money. Um, is there anyone else doing arounds, or is that about it? Oh, we've got two Jack at hundred to one that you're gonna fucking love the sound mm. of. Uh, I, uh, I'll I'll, uh, I'll lump them in together. Do you want, actually do you want to have a guess at uh, who either one of these two people at hundred to one are? Sol Campbell. Yep. And the other one, Tim Sherwood. <laughs> yeah, well done. Oh, mate. Hey, fucking oh, mate! Can you imagine if if if, not... if it mate if it was Sophie's choice, it's Tim Sherwood all the way. Oh yeah, one, yeah, yeah, hundred like, percent. Let's let's fucking let's. I'd buy a gilet. I'd embrace it. I'd it, like if I was told you can have Sol Campbell, or you can have Tim Sherwood. I'd be like, all right then, fuck it. If let's let's push this. Let's have a bit of fun with this, right? Come. The choice is you've you've you you get led into like the next realm by some magical being. And they show you two timelines, and uh, for some reason, the only two people that Daniel Levy is able to hire is Tim Sherwood and, and so Campbell. Only when Tim Sherwood comes in, Harry Kane leaves, Son leaves, everybody hates him and Tottenham are relegated. So Campbell comes in and he's actually the managerial second coming that he has long professed he is and Tottenham go on to win the quadruple. You come back to earth and, and you suddenly run into Daniel Levy and for some reason he is, he looks at you and he's like, Jack, who do I hire? What 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 did you what do you tell him? I it's stupid, but like <laughs> I I I I could. Uh, why I, is it? You take the mate, relegation, Jack. I, I take the relegation. I couldn't ever. I I will never get over, and I don't care if people say still not over it. I will never get over what Sol Campbell did to us ever, no. ever. No. And like again, for anybody who is too young at this point who is listening to really fully grasp what Sol Campbell did. Just imagine Harry Kane now going to Arsenal 
for free. On a free. For free. Telling us that he loves the club, that he's a boyhood this, that he wants to win everything here. Turning down off. Not, not even that, though. The fact that we'd been offered fucking money from Inter Milan, Barcelona, the summer before we accepted we accepted offers him and he said he wanted to stay. Instead, the next year went for free, meaning the club got nothing. And, and back then as well, nothing. it was fucking cloak and dagger as fuck as well because even the Arsenal players didn't know he was joining. No. The first time anyone had heard about it was in that press conference and we're just sat there looking at what was our captain signing for Arsenal. It was... The club got nothing, and he was like, I will unashamedly say, the player I idolized at the time. Like uh, everyone did, idolized him, loved him. Like, and it was just like, it was, it was honestly like, how could, how could you do this? Like, how, how could you actually, how could you sign for them, and then win the double, kiss the fucking badge, like all that shit, like weird bloke, weird bloke. It's, it's. Yeah, no surprise his politics are the way they are to me. Like, <laughs> and that's all I'll say on the matter. Like, it just. Yeah, yeah. he's a fucking I Just say, do you know what's been distracting me slightly during this? <sighs> Looking at my notes from, like, yeah, we're talking to you yesterday about this, the potential managers, how I've put some thoughts on Two Shell. Your response to it was Two Shell is an incel. <laughs> 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 Uh, yeah. <laughs> Don't be trying not to laugh at it in the background. Like. It's one of my favourite um it's one of those things we shouldn't make light of given how weird they are, but it's one of my favourite insults these days. Uh dear. Right, shall we leave it there? We can do. Didn't you want to touch on Arise Sir Gareth again? Oh yeah, sorry, yeah, I've forgotten about this. Yeah, just the before only we go, let's I'm, end on a happy note. Yeah, the only reason why I wasn't like I was genuinely in a good mood after the game yesterday. I, c- I can't explain this. Like usually after Tottenham lose, I am in a in a very surly, unapproachable mood, and and more than I usually. You are at the best of times. I was yeah, about to say. It. Um, yeah, but even even more so, and um, I was genuinely quite chippy yesterday because. That's all I've wanted to say for months is Gareth Bale looks somewhat like Gareth Bale and he single-handedly came on the pitch and turned that game around. He dragged Tottenham back into that match. He put us on his back like it was the good old days. He was head and shoulders the best player on that park by a comfortable, comfortable distance. Hardly put a foot wrong, looked interested, popping the ball around, constantly asking for it, taking his man on, chopping in, chopping out, looked a class above Every cross he put in was on the money. That that strike he had from the edge of the box, if that had gone in, I would have ejaculated on the spot. Like Even to the point where like, I'd not made a murmur throughout that entire game, but as soon as he cracked it off the bar, I just, a Gary Neville-style moan erupted from me. I was just like, oh my God, it's happening. Yeah, it's finally fucking happening. Like There's been like two seconds here and there in the odd Europa League game where he's looked okay. Like he scored that goal and we're like, oh, there, he, there there's a snapshot of Gareth. This was a Premier League game. We were under the cosh. We were shit. One of our worst performances of the season. And the man came on the pitch under those circumstances and went, nah, fuck this. Do, do you know, like like where you've touched on it and it may be, maybe it's just a fleeting moment. Maybe it's just a whatever. Maybe it's just half an hour of it. But, the thing that was quite funny about it was it felt like for the first time in about four or five years, 
that there was somebody else on the pitch who for once was saying, Harry, fall in line. Yep. Fucking alpha dogs here now. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? Was, no, like, no, but it was. They, and it wasn't just that. It was like, in previous games, you can almost see the players picking the moments when to pass to him, when to look for him. Like, yeah. oh, he's not up to speed yet. Yesterday, every time any single one of those other 10 motherfuckers on that pitch had the ball, or like, where's Gareth yeah, giving yeah, the ball? Yeah. Something's going to happen. He, without saying anything, walked on, metaphorically put his Champions League medals on the pitch, whipped out his bollocks and went, lads, I've got this. Fuck, as you say, fall in line, follow my lead and let's see what happens. Yeah. And I, I fucking adored it. And I genuinely... Left but that's that just match what we with to so see, much hope, it, right? and yeah, yeah, it's, that was the thing. Like we lost that game, we were atrocious, but I ended that match like in a good mood, and I, I can't explain it because we were shit and we lost against West Ham, and it pretty much is you know ended our league campaign. But the man had that, that's why he was brought back to the club to do that, and if and, and like I said in a tweet afterwards. Don't play him midweek now. Let him rest, train him, bed him in with the first team squad. That tie now should be dead in the water. We've got four away goals against a team that are absolutely wank. Play the entire second string. Let Stevie get a goal. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Build his confidence up. Start Vinicius, do all that shit. Uh, even fucking, I'd give Dane Scarlett a game or whatever. Like, play the kids, play, what's it called, chirking at left back or whatever. Like, that sort of shit is what I'd be doing in this game. Like, as, as close to the bone as we can go of, like, not quite throwing the tie, but just sneaking through, given we've already done it. And then start Bale in the next Premier League game. What is it? Um, Burnley or Palace this weekend or something like that? Uh, fuck, nice. <laughs> we've, got, we've got someone shit this yeah. weekend. Start him in that game. Start him in the next game after that. Who we get? I think it's Burnley and then Palace or Palace and then Burnley. And then in like three weeks' time, it's Arsenal. If he can have two league games where two free league games back to back after this West Ham game where he looks like Gareth Bale again, and then we can chuck him in against Arsenal at the Emirates, I'm fucking, I'm 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 delighted. Ah, uh, well, if you equally are delighted and you've liked what you've heard today, share the podcast, like, subscribe. Tell all your friends about it. Yeah, it's mainly we're not interested in like new people listening to us because we're not well, <laughs> that you know. asked. Well. But it's it's mainly the people that sort of like dropped off and then like understandably so like thought we'd stop doing it. And Look, just stop stop downplaying. We want we want hundreds of thousands of listeners. Like tell everyone about it. Right? I don't share Raj's shit. I'm hungry for numbers. So fucking <laughs> get them. Fucking get people listening to it. Retweet this piece of shit, self-indulgent, snowflake, meandering podcast that Watch happens that happens to be the best Tottenham podcast going, right? Comfortably. Comfortably. <laughs> Comfortably. <laughs> the most humble Tottenham podcast as well. Um, Watch Spurs Wipe. Do it all. Fuck off. Follow us on Instagram.
Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.